Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report. Uh, I am your host, Jay Stevens. And uh, I guess I call myself the co-host, Gary Michaels. Well, I, that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could be the host and I could be the co-host. No, that, that wouldn't work out well. You're doing a bang-up job over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever really worked on titles. We just yeah. flanagled ourselves a podcast. and Hey, we get to talk hockey. We're like the only two hockey guys in here. Although, <laughs> on my way in today, I ran into John Carter. And he's like, hey, when are you going to have me on your podcast? Really? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm well, like, do you know a lot about hockey? He goes, no, but I like to talk. <laughs> so, well, that is a good point. Uh, today, very special guest, Cami. So, Cami, what is your last name now? Anderson. Cami Anderson. That's not how I've known you our entire lives. <laughs> but you, uh, it was Cami Cote, or how did how did you guys used to say? Cody Cote, either one. Because I remember, so I, all of a sudden one year, because I was friends with your brother and with you for a long time, and then all of a, it was always Cami Cody and Clint Cody, and then all of a sudden Clint's like, no, it's Cote. I'm like, yeah, some of them decided to do that. Egads. <laughs> Moved up to the east side. Oh, yeah. Well, there was an NHL fighter, that, or an NHL guy whose last name was Cote as well. Oh. And that, that's when I noticed that he changed it. So I don't know if it had anything to do with that or if we'd just been saying it wrong. Because, like, with DJ Yoletto, which I'm not even saying it right now, after he told us 10 times how to say it, right? We, we still messed it up all the time. But is it Randy yeah. Bachman or Randy Bachman? Yeah, right? see? I mean, good point. Doesn't really matter. All right, so Cami, um, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I've been, I don't know how, I've been texting you since we started this show. When I when I submitted a list that said, all right, when I have, when I if you give me this podcast and we can talk about hockey, these are the people that I will have on the show, and this is their list of accomplishments. And like you were on, you were top five on the list of people that I wanted to have on the show and talk about because I've always been so impressed with what you have done. Your your hockey resume is incredible, and uh, I'm excited to to let everybody in Utah know your story because I don't think everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little quiet on the quiet side. <laughs> yeah, well, and you definitely are because I mean I I don't notice like if like you're not on social media and you haven't been around coaching for a while. You have your own family that you're raising, and you have a career now. And um, but I mean you like I want to get into it, but let's because. You got a, a huge uh, accomplishment, not accomplishment, a huge acknowledgement to your career from your college. But before I before we talk about it, I want to start from the beginning, and I want you to tell everybody like 
where you started, how you got into hockey, and then we're going to go through the journey and how you got out of Utah. So where, where okay. what's your first hockey memory? So the funniest part is how I started playing hockey is that my brother's team, um, I was a figure skater at first. My dad wouldn't let us play because we were girls. <laughs> but then... But then as we got going, my brother's team needed players, so we talked him into letting us play, and then from there we took off (laughs) as playing for hockey. And then my brother was a goalie. I started as a forward at first, but then um, he got sick one day, and we needed a goalie, and so I decided to do it. And then from then on out, we switched roles. I was goalie from then on out. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. I didn't know that part. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly the better, well, I'm just going to say the better athlete. Out of <laughs> so, we'll see if he's listening. Yeah. What, uh, so what age was this when you started becoming a goaltender? So it was probably, I was probably around 10. Okay. And who were you playing for at the time? We were in Golden Spike. Oh, okay. Did you just fall in love with it right out the of the old, gate? The old, old rink, the old outdoor rink. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, did so did you love it like right when you put the pads on or did it take a little while to get used to or I did. I mean, I am kind of on the klutzy side, so in a goalie you can fall in style. <laughs> <laughs> Some All people don't pads. know, you can just make it look good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Gary's going through that right now. He's got a kid that's uh just always aching to put on the pads and Yeah, 8 years old and Boy, he's he's totally into That's it. Awesome. Yeah, worships Mark yeah. Andre Fleury. <laughs> yes, he does. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Cammy, um, what happened after that? Where where did you? So you, you played Golden Spike, and then obviously you started getting into travel. And yeah, for both, but we played I played a lot of rec for most until um, I was older. We just played on the boys' team. I mean, because people don't think girls should play sometimes. So we went through all that. Almost at every level that I played, so it was pretty fun. Did you have coaches just flat out say that you shouldn't be playing or try to not put you on teams? Um, Not really. Not that I can remember. Okay. Um, I think if you can kind of play pretty well that they'll, they'll accept you eventually. I mean, we've had players <laughs> that would say it, but not too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy because, I mean – for me, my daughter always wanted to play, and I always wanted her to play. My wife just said no. She's just like, just please give me not having my one of <laughs> one of our family not be in hockey. And so, because yeah. I always wonder. I mean, my daughter turned out to be a pretty good athlete, and uh, yeah. I just wish, like, I, I'm like, man, she be playing. Like, I don't know. Like, she's doing fine, but I, <laughs> yeah. as a hockey guy, you know, you always wonder how she would have done in hockey, but. My wife just was like, please don't play hockey. Please don't play hockey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, talk to me about, like, so you're, you're progressing, and uh, when do you start realizing that maybe you're going to get out of Utah? So in high school, I started playing with the Lady Grizzlies. It was still pretty new, nothing like what it is now. And um, we started playing against other teams and a Colorado team. And I had a couple other teams call um, this one, and, hey, we want you on our team because they were more competitive than what we had here. And then so I, we ended up playing with a team from Aspen where we just met on the road. We didn't practice or anything. We just met as a group wow. and played in tournaments, and that's where I um, got a couple offers and ended up at UVM. Yeah, so tell me about that experience. About Because I've heard of a couple other teams that were like this. They're kind of like hybrid teams where like, hey – 
um, you know, we've got people that want to play. We don't, we can't get everybody together for practice. But hey, if we all join together uh, on the road, like, was it hard to gel? Did you notice that the forwards maybe didn't know, you know, they didn't know systems, or was it just fine? Did it work out just fine? Ours worked out pretty well. Sometimes if we had a big tournament, we'd go in a day or two early and get a practice in. They'd rent some ice and we'd practice before we started. But ours worked pretty well. We really didn't have too many problems, I don't think. And it was fun because you could still live at home, be with your family instead of having to leave your family when you're younger and still get to play at a good level. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. and That's awesome. And then you guys were um, you were playing – at home too on other teams, so you didn't. Like, it's not like you weren't getting ice. Is that correct? Correct. I was playing juniors at the time. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's talk about um, getting into Vermont and um, how did that come about? And was that your was that your only offer? No, we had a couple offers, um, and then that was the one that I really went with so we had we were talking to boston college and finlandia or finley ohio and stuff like that but ended up at university of vermont and i loved it there yeah what what made it what made that your choice do you remember um the coach the coach and i really hit it off just getting to just seem like the right fit for me a gun in the face then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. What what year was this? 2001. <laughs> nice. I do. Yep. Yeah. And you and so it was weird because I didn't even know about like the University of Vermont or whatever, and then all of a sudden two people from Utah were playing at Vermont at the same time. So Evan Stoffelt was there right before you. Is that right? After me, right? Well, after he you. came during. I mean, you, yeah, you guys. You, I couldn't remember who started first, but you guys overlapped. You were there <laughs> at the same time, so I, yeah. it was awesome. I got to, you know, I'd always try to watch the men's and the women's games, and so you went on and had. Uh, like you set NCAA records, is that right? Or is it just Vermont yeah. records? It was NCAA records. Yeah. Do, can you, what were those records? <laughs> uh, most saves in a season, and then it was saves in a game. We had 66 saves against Wisconsin in a game. Jeez. Man, so awesome. we lost 2-1. to one. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing stats. I just remember you were throwing up some absurd numbers. And you, yes. <laughs> your team was not very strong, and you had the chance to shine. And I think uh, I didn't bring my computer in with me, but you had it. Then you end up with over a night, almost a ninety-four percent save average overall. Um, yes, which is unheard of with the amount of shots you were taking. Because it's not just like you're seeing shots when when uh, 
you're outmatched like that. You're seeing legit scoring opportunities, <laughs> two-on-ones, three-on-ones, yeah. wide-open backdoor <laughs> stuff, and you were making those saves. And so for me, um, just tell me a little bit about, like, what memories do you have the most at Vermont? Like, tell me things that stand out in your head when you think back about those times. So, like, my team was awesome, and we I feel like we had so much potential. For some reason, we just couldn't get it out. But it, I had a blast. I mean, I absolutely loved that. But one thing that was really funny is we were playing in, I think it was Niagara, in a tournament. And we were up. We were winning. And um, I went to pass the puck and ended up icing. And our coach came in between the second and third period and just yelled at me because I iced the puck. <laughs> and our goalie coach is like, dude, you know, she's like, we're winning. And he's like, I know, I knew she could take it. So that was just funny to me because he just came in and <laughs> and just went off. And everyone's like, whoa, he just yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an odd thing to get yelled at about for icing. <laughs> so- yeah, he's like, oh. I've told this story. I've told this story a couple times. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast, but um, one of the times I I got put in in a game during the West Coast back in the West Coast Hockey League days, and I was with the Anchorage Aces, and our coach was Walt Podubny, who was a who used to be an NHL. Uh, he he made All Star game a few times, and but this was a coach that was uh, he would disappear right after the game, and was I think a lot of times was maybe hitting the bottle during the game. <laughs> But anyway, who don't? come on, who don't? He was an entertaining coach, and man, he was not a big fan of mine. Even though, like, he was really nice to me. But one of the times I came out and I played the puck, which I shouldn't be doing anyway. Like, I, I didn't even belong in the league, let alone trying to <laughs> trying to play the puck. But I played the puck and I passed it. I was trying to hit my guy, and obviously I put it right to the wrong guy. And then, yeah. uh, I made a save or I did something and there was a huge scramble. I remember my stick being behind the net and me just flopping all over trying to cover the puck. And same thing, Walt comes into the locker room between periods and he's like, Stevens, what the F do you think you're doing playing the puck? He's like, you're the oldest player in the league. You shouldn't even be trying. Like, this is beyond you. You shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to start charging the fans more money because of the entertainment value of you trying to play the puck. And I was like, oh my gosh. He just, yeah, unloaded on me. And I, it's true. Like, my generation did not know how to play the puck. That wasn't, yeah. we were like, Eric, we're going to make the first save. And then everything <laughs> else is like, if I give up a rebound, you guys, it's up to you guys because I'm going to be down. Like, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't move around like the goalies. All right. So you guys had, and I iced the puck this in our game the other day. Yeah, you did. It was a nice saucer right, right down. I thought you had our guy, but nothing. Yeah. Well, Laser. Again, I just. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun because, I mean, we played Olympians again in Harvard and all those teams had them. So it was really fun for me to get to experience that. But Yeah, and I have a chip on my shoulder. You brought up the Olympians. I have, I have a chip <laughs> because you were clearly the best goalie available to USA. I don't know how you're going to agree or disagree with this, but I thought you should have been in the Olympics. Was it O two? 2 yeah, it should have been. You should have been our Olympic goaltender in the O2 Olympics, and somehow you got passed over. But if you looked at every statistical category in the NCAA, you were you should have been our goaltender, at least on the team. Do you remember all that? I would have liked to have been. <laughs> did they did they ever even talk to you, or did they already have their team picked well before the Olympics even were? Uh, not too much. They the teams mostly stick together. I think. But it's just, to me, 
I, I just I just remember looking back at those days, and I like I followed you as as closely as because man, it, it was hard to get everything on what was going on in women's hockey. It was hard to even follow men's hockey a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there just wasn't the coverage that there is now, and uh, but I remember just pulling up stats, and I'd I'd be talking to people, and I'd just be like, man. Cammy deserves a shot. Like she at least deserves a pull up because they were doing the the pre Olympic tour where they put Olympic the Olympic team together and then you'd go play they'd go play college teams or uh, sometimes they'd play uh, USHL teams or U uh, sixteen teams those AAA teams and I was watching these numbers and I'm like man Cammy clearly deserves to be in the Olympics this year or at least given a shot and, yeah and they never even so, did they call you? No. Nothing. But that, So, is that what they do? They just try to put a, a team together and, and stick them together for a long time, right? I mean, right. And that's, well, because they have those whole development programs you go through. and Right. And it, seems, and it does help if you have more of a winning record than a losing <laughs> <laughs> And that is one of the things, because I did bring that up uh, with... I've been I've brought it up a few times because you have a goaltender that throws up phenomenal numbers and they get overlooked for something and I brought that up with because uh, the the coaches that or the the goalies that I was coaching here were throwing up it was my son Tegan and a kid named Weston Mon and these guys had ninety four ninety five percent save averages going through everything and we weren't we weren't the best teams going to in any of these tournaments and uh, one of the coaches was like yeah hey it's it's one thing to be on a team where you're going to see 60, 70 shots. He's like, I feel like the pressure is less on that goaltender. Be- yeah. Because if they make, you know, if they lo- if they make 66 saves like you did and lose 2 to 1, then that's phenomenal or they lose 5 to 1, then whatever. That, you know, the goalie is in a, a no-lose situation cuz they're going to make a ton of saves. But if you go to a team that's, you know, in the running but maybe not the best and there's a lot more pressure on the goaltender to get a 2-1 win, you know, it's it's like they they were just looking at it different, but at the at the same yeah. at the same time, when you and I, I get that you build a, a a developmental team and you try to keep them together, but you also like if you look at the eighty Olympic team, they they threw together a bunch of the best college kids available at the time. They didn't they didn't that people didn't think should be on the team and they right won. right, <laughs> right. Yeah. and that, and that's what I'm getting at is that. They should have been looking at people that were thriving and people that maybe had a little bit more, I don't know, I think they should have given you a chance is all I'm getting at. I just, <laughs> I really I really thought with everything that was going on and all the numbers you were putting up that, uh, and especially with the Olympics being here, I was like, man, this would be ideal. To have, to oh, have I enjoyed it all. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, you graduate from uh, Vermont and uh, you... You, then you pursue a coaching career, correct? Yeah, I did a year of my master's, and then I um, went to University of North Dakota yeah. as an assistant coach. And were you there until they dropped the program, or did did you leave before that? No, I was there for a year, and they fired the coach mid-season, the head coach, and it just got crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and then the, yeah, and then they ended up dropping their program, which was. Absurd. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I was surprised about that. <laughs> like, you'd think any university, if you could handpick a university in the in the country where you're like, you know where a women's team will be successful? Is either University of North Dakota or University of Minnesota. Or Minnesota. Yeah, right. those are the, yeah. like the first two you'd pick. Why would they do that? Why would they drop that? They, I don't know. 
there was all kinds of honestly they lost a lot of funding there was fighting over the the sue name right so well. tons of people were upset with that so they did lose some funding and I, I don't know the yeah, whole, but that stadium was amazing yeah the best i mean that was the best building for hockey not just college hockey but <laughs> hockey yeah. overall for any hockey. yeah unbelievable yeah. and that it was cool because i got to go like uh that's when zach parisi and jordan parisi were there and they had these little cards so we could go in whenever we wanted and the yeah. the training like it there is not a nicer rink or training facility in the world it was unbelievable and it was just wow. like we just go and have access and then there was like you know the main game rink that sold out every game and then there was a women's rink on the backside it was still just like amazing but yeah and it's, it's yeah, just great it was all pretty top notch there <laughs> so pretty crazy that they Letter dropped their program <laughs> so so cammy why that was the, the the that was kind of it for you right you stopped at that point uh yeah and then i came back home back to Utah, played a little bit more, and then I blew my knee out. <laughs> and then I had a couple kids since then. So Yeah. And so what's your master's degree in, and what are you doing now? So I I just stay at home with my kids. But I did teaching. I have been, I taught for 10 years. Yeah, that's what I, I thought you were still doing that, because so. you taught at my wife's, you and my wife worked together at the same school yeah. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> So I, uh, my degree is in physical education with exercise science, so I was certified strength and conditioning and all that stuff. So, Well, but. we've got to find a way to get you back out and coaching because can you tell us more about, because you just went back to Vermont. I, I, I want to say it was last year, but it was probably five years ago. I'm in a time warp now that I'm old. It was a couple years ago. <laughs> so tell us about that. Tell well, us. It, was, it was about... Um, yeah, it was about four years ago. So I just got inducted into the University of Vermont Hall of Fame. So we went back up there and awesome. joined it all. Congrats. That's so. great. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's I mean, fantastic. Um, Quite the honor. It was fun. <laughs> so how, did they just reach out to you and say, uh, hey, come on out. We're going to give you an award. Or did you know it was in the works beforehand? Nope, so I just got a phone call. I was out with my mom one day and got a phone call from the women's hockey coach saying that I've been chosen to be inducted and they would send me the details and to save the day. Wow, that's so cool. Congratulations on <laughs> yeah, that. But I mean, fantastic. you worked hard to earn that, and uh, we don't see him calling Evan. So. <laughs> <laughs> or us. So, oh, Cammie. For the the parents that are listening, and especially the parents of female athletes that are that are working their way up the charts, uh, what what would be your advice if you if if you were the parent of a ten year old girl that's playing hockey right now? What would you tell that parent? My biggest thing is with sports, like don't specialize so so quick. Like let them like especially ten years old. They don't need to just play hockey; that they could play other things too and still be just as good. And for, like, especially females, um, I think people underestimate how big strength and conditioning is. And it's okay to build muscle. It's not, not going to make you huge. I know a lot of girls or females are like, I don't want to get big. But um, if you keep that, then you're not going to get hurt. So I think people underestimate how much the strength and conditioning is important for athletics. 
So I rarely got hurt, and if I did, it was a puck to the neck or something. It wasn't anything like a torn, like a hamstring or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, actually. So and keep keep grades up because it's so much easier to get into college if you have good grades. It's easier to make the whole process. Yeah, man. Work. <laughs> you're, hitting yeah. all the, you're hitting all the key parts, man. That's what we keep telling everybody. Yeah, because yeah. when I when I was coaching, and you look at some people, you're like, whoa, that's gonna. <laughs> That's going to take a lot to try to even get you into the university. So yeah, and, but, and that's North Dakota that had a, basically a ninety-five percent acceptance rate, right? It was yeah. So and I mean, uh, academics just as important, man. Because if you did get hurt, I mean, you have something to fall back on too. Oh. If something happens, you, I mean, if you couldn't play anymore, you could still have your your degree or whatever you're in. Yeah. Keep trying to tell my son that he's eight and he wants to be in the NHL now. And uh, it's like, yeah. dude, <laughs> just go to school, do your math. Have a you bracket right. plan. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's outstanding. <laughs> uh, any pitfalls that you'd say to watch out for, maybe besides just not hitting the gym? Um, I'd make sure, I mean, make sure you enjoy it because, man, it goes by fast, too. Because you're sitting there playing, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I'm getting older, and then it gets a little harder. So I think especially when you're young, especially high school, you know, really enjoy it and play it because you love it, not because you have to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But, and then what? So, if if you could thank somebody right now, obviously your parents played a huge role, but if you could thank a local, maybe not even locals, if you could thank a coach or somebody that helped you uh, realize that it was your passion or help you – um, you know, get to where you got. Who who would that be? Who would you think now? Um, you know, I have a lot of coaches. I worked with Natalie Tate, obviously, who's also another stellar goalie. Yeah, helped me realize a little bit what I had, and then um, my college coach. I mean, he was amazing. <laughs> so, but to help you realize, you know, you have what it takes because I mean you're still growing you get better every day even in college I still got better than I was when I went so you learn different things and and I think one thing for goalies is some people are getting so set on the style I think you know if you block the puck no one's going to care what you look like (laughs) (laughs) so focused on that I'm like man I see some goalies that will just get scored on because they're so worried about technique and I'm like Man, you know what? If you just block that puck, your team's not going to care how it looks. Yeah, because so there's, there's a huge difference. So, and it's, I was just having... Because I, I, I would stack my pads, and people don't do that anymore, but I'm like, man, that was the biggest way I could get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And and uh, Phil Snyder and I were just having this conversation about uh, Martin Ouellette, the, the Grizzlies goalie right now. Mm. He, I mean, he has style, but he's not, uh, you know, these carry price... Uh, cookie cutter goalies, which I also help produce in my camp. I know, I know that I know that I'm guilty of that, but um, he's a. There's a difference between being a style goaltender and a blocking, like a shot blocking goalie, and like yep. you, you look at guys like Dominic Hasek that made a career out of just blocking shots. Oh, man, he was right? amazing. Well, cool. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but he he got it done. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yes, he did. And he's in the he's a Hall of Fame goaltender now, and has his own clothing line. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Cammie, like uh, I'm glad we finally got you on the show, and I'm glad you got to tell your story. And uh, is there anything else? I mean, the floor is yours right now. If there's anything else you want to say to people <laughs> as they're uh, to the other hockey players out there, um, I just say keep working hard and keep believing because you never know where you will end up. I mean, I didn't think I'd go to college, and 
I love to play in there, so especially back east. So that's my big thing. I mean, especially females that you can go as far as you want. You just got to work hard. Yeah. Well, Cammie, well that, said. there's got to be a way. Like, I, Once your kids get a little older and you get them into schools and everything, we, we would love to have you, know, you back I coaching. Started, I started to pick it up a little. My two boys started skating a little bit and made you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had about all the on the ice and playing. Yeah, well, we'd love so, to see you. Oh, man. <laughs> we'd love to see you out there and uh, playing and coaching because you're, you're a great resource and uh, we're just proud of you. And we're proud that you're in the – you know the Hall of Fame there in Vermont, and it's just yeah. another another great thing that Utah hockey's produced. And I think you've just been phenomenal. And I've I've loved always hiring you to to teach the the younger kids around here in my camp. And it's just you're an awesome resource. And congratulations on everything. And we can't wait to have you back on the ice. Thank you, and thank you for all you do for hockey. All I get to do is talk about it. I love it. <laughs> exactly. All right, that was the Utah Puck Report. Thank you so much for listening. The Utah Puck Report is a kslsports.com podcast. And uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, then you can. All you got to do is text the word puck to 57500. And you can also uh, catch us online, too, at kslsports.com and right there at the Arrow website, 1035thearrow.com. That's awesome. And uh, we want to thank Josh Tilton, our producer. He's the one that keeps us in line, keeps the things rolling. And he doesn't roll tape, as you would say. He does not. But uh, he does he does produce the show in all the digital ways. So once again, thank you so much for listening to the Utah Puck Report. Yeah.